I absolutely think this is a story that is about to blow sports off its hinges. Price price fixing. Price fixing at Walmart? No. Game fixing in tennis? Nah. Really? Are you, you... you don't think that's a big deal? Well, it's not, not a big deal. You're surprised that, that a sport that's like huge in Europe is corrupt somehow? Um, sir, soccer isn't. <laughs> soccer is the least corrupt. Oh, I see right. what you're saying right now. Oh, hmm. oh wait. <laughs> Um, I just, you know, minor league uh, tennis, uh, reading an article about it just now, it's mm. it's almost impossible to make a living. Even I was reading here that if you're ranked 400 best, best tennis player in the world, say that five times fast. If you are ranked 400, 400 you... 400 best, 400 best, 400 best, 400 best, 400 best. Player in the world. Player in the world. Nailed it. You can't make a... Nailed it. You can't make a living playing tennis, even if you're that good. If you're the 400th best tennis player in the world... You're impossibly good at tennis. If you're 400th best player in the world in tennis, say it. You're probably named Brent. Oh, you're you're it, huh? Beat, no, me, beat me a few times in racquetball. Clearly, that means. <laughs> and I must be 401 then, because yeah, oh, we gotta talk. Well, I can't make a living either. So. Yes, I... <laughs> uh, I, I just think uh, anytime there's a big thing like this. Uh, and, and apparently it's so rampant, every, and everybody just knows about it, according to inside anonymous sources. So take that for what it's worth, but I just BBC News is not the type of organization that would put stuff forward unless they believed in it. Right. I, I would just say, though, yes, a minor league, I mean, we, there have been scandals of fixing games and point shaving in basketball. I think here is the college basketball games, like Division Three college basketball games that you can bet on, having their points shaved and whatnot uh, are definitely examples that we've seen here in this country, and it would be no surprise to see people throwing matches just like lower levels of boxing i assume that happens why anybody would let you bid or bet why anybody would let you bet a hundred thousand pounds on a minor league tennis yeah, game well, I, I, like who's even taking this bet in the I first place even betting you're on dumb stuff yeah why I are mean, you even betting on I, obviously stuff? somebody is because uh, there's if there's money to be made there's probably a corrupt organization out there that's going to find a way to make money off of it right yeah i guess that's right i mean uh... And according to the article, Novak Djokovic, uh, number one player in the world, says he was offered 110,000 pounds to throw a match very early in his career. And he said, no, thank you, he says now. <laughs> hmm. I mean, he's number one player in the world. I'll take his word for it. But fair enough. How, has any other of the big names come out and said that? Like, I'd like to hear, like, you know, like a Venus or Serena come out. And say uh, the Williams that. sisters were contacted for it. Serena said that she didn't know about it going on. Uh, Roger Federer said he wasn't aware of it. But if it was happening, there should definitely, he says there should be an investigation. The fact you're asking me about it probably means there might be something going on mm-hmm. if I'm going to read between the lines. Yeah. And if it's happening, it shouldn't be happening. So let's just, you know, come on, tennis. Get your poop together, tennis. Yeah, okay. But I, you, don't, you don't seem to care. You don't, well, you don't seem to think you know like what? anything I, at all. I, I, I honestly haven't been into tennis for a while now, you know, so it's, to me it's just like. It's too corrupt. That's why I haven't been into it. And it's also such a. It's such a front runner sport. Like you, you always have these guys that are just like dominant for a few number of years, and so it's oh sure. It's not like I mean, at least in football, it's not the exact same team every year. You know. Well, you also don't have quite the fiery personalities you used to have. I mean, Serena Williams is still around, and she is very incendiary. But I mean, you know, the other guys, the Novak Djokovic, the Roger yeah, Federer, of, they're it, all kind of boring. It kind of started with the Pete Sampras era, right? Pete Sampras, yeah. great player, and he had Andre Agassi nice to play guy, against. Kind of boring. But if Pete Sampras had Pete Sampras to yeah. play against, there's it would no, be no good. There's no Jimmy Connors versus uh, John McEnroe. That's the jam right, right? there. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, you just don't have that right now, and and maybe that's what it needs more personality. In fact, I, let's go know, pro, Brent. You know, Come on, you know how I know that Ray that there's a lack of personality. John McEnroe is what in his sixties now, still the biggest draw in tennis. They still show they still show <laughs> him on commercials saying, "Yeah, you cannot be serious." Yep. If there was a new guy, they'd be showing him instead. Uh, here's the deal: you can be serious because you're telling the truth. Hey, everybody. You have made it back to the next thrilling installment of Raisin Brent. And I'm Ray. And I'm Brent. And uh, we just got a bunch of random stuff we want to talk about. Of course, we have NFL playoffs to talk about. We have, And then there were four, Brent. Just like somebody on this show predicted. There would be four. That there you would be right. four teams. You were right about Nailed that, Ray. Nailed it. Oh, man. I also, thought, I went chalk and I got it right. I <laughs> thought an extra team would get in somehow. Dude, <laughs> you thought somehow they'll let Green Bay in. <laughs> come on. They'll just. They come almost on. did. They, they tried really, really hard. Uh, you know, we also got, a, we got some uh, video game stuff to talk about. We said before we wanted to do more nerd topics. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do best of 2015. Maybe not a deliberate ranking, but we're just going to talk about some games maybe that like we enjoyed. Our three or four favorite. Yeah, games absolutely. I think that's fair. And that way, if you guys play video games, you listen to the show, maybe it's a chance to maybe go back and check out a game that you hadn't checked out before. I think that's, a, that's fan service right there. That's what we're doing. And right. uh, we got a bunch of other random topics we got to talk about right here. Um, we're going to do it. So let's just get right to it. Let's talk some NFL playoffs first, though. Okay. <laughs> After three seconds of Super Mario Brothers. We are getting down to the final five. Oh, wait. You guessed wrong. Final four of the NFL playoffs. There's only three games of foosball left. Three games of foosball left. I guarantee they will all contain foosball. Yep. Uh, Going back to uh, your boys. Your boys put up. I got it. I honestly. Now, here we go, Brent. Okay. I have to give the Kansas City Chiefs a lot of credit. They hung with the New England Patriots better than I thought they were going to. They actually, and you they know, had actually, every look at that game, and they actually didn't really play that well in that game. No, you know, and still almost, yeah. almost, well, they almost tied them. The diff- uh, I think both teams played equally subpar. However, New England took advantage of their opportunities, and Kansas City did, they not, did not, and that was the extent of it. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, and Casey's. Uh, <laughs> they could get no pass rush because a couple of our pass rushers didn't play. Well, that's what I was worried about coming into the game. And well, we said that too. I said if they can no. get a pass rush, they'll win. If they don't, they won't. They didn't. They didn't. Still only lost by one score, though. Yeah. Two New England in New England in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Yeah. That is nothing to hang your head about. Yeah. I wanted them to be embarrassed. <laughs> but truthfully, I'm glad that Kansas City did not win because I could not have dealt with you. <laughs> I understand that on completely. a Super Bowl run. I understand that completely. I it would be too much for me. I might have had to like uh, you know drill some holes in my head to for the cranium in my head expanding release. You know, Wait, that's right. <laughs> We'd have to get a third chair for your ego <laughs> here late. at the table. Uh, but yeah, so Kansas City, tell me about the Kansas. I mean, you watched the game probably more intently than I mm-hmm. did. Uh, what happened in that game? How did we get that result? Uh, well, big thing. No pressure on Tom Brady. Also, we dropped like four interceptions. It's true. Um, and. And then, of course, we had like one chance at the end where we, you know, we could have got the ball back with like a minute, a minute and a half or a minute 15 with like uh, one timeout left. And New England throws on third down and gets tipped, just deflected by one of our guys. Oh. And we deflect it right to their receiver. Even if you just knock it down, you have a chance to get the ball back yeah. right there. Yeah. It happens to go right to the one guy. Julian Edelman, who Edelman. takes it 12 yards for the first down exactly. on a long yeah. play. And then the game's over. Yeah. And then it's knee time. Yep. 
Uh, you, you can't be embarrassed by it. I mean, they won, what, 11 in a row this year? Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, they didn't play anybody, but we've talked about that today. But when we did play them, we, we hung with New England. We didn't get embarrassed. Uh, that is a fact. Know, so. Yeah. No, I, I, I honestly was worried that, that Kansas City might rip that game out. Uh, Tom Brady being hurt, he didn't look hurt. He looked fine. No, he wasn't hurt he at wasn't all. Really, yeah. You were worried about that high ankle sprain really yeah. caused him. I'm like, uh, no. till we see it, I don't believe it. The, the, it's Tom Brady. Now, the big, the, the only thing I was really upset about in the game was that, that hit by Amendola. Oh, yeah. Talk about that briefly because well, he was on the punt. Let me set it up okay. and you tell me what you felt. Amendola was set back to receive the punt. He realized he wasn't going to go for it. The Kansas City gunner was tracking the punt and trying mm-hmm. to like take it down. And Amendola uh, uh, basically lets the, punt go by. lets the punt go by and then cheap shots him yeah just legal hit no it was a flag it was an illegal hit you can't you can't block back towards your goal line that is correct and then you uh, and but the worst thing part was he totally launched his body hit him with the helmet right in the neck amandola not known as a cheap shot artist too i mean it was kind of out of character for him forever in kansas city he will be though i was gonna say yeah Uh, how'd you feel about that brent uh i i don't even think he got fined i don't think he did i feel like if that was you can say like oh Vontez perfect. He already had a reputation. Well, how do you think he got a reputation by doing things like having that, that happen? Yeah. Uh, what if you ever did you hear the radio broadcast of the Amendola hit? By, they were laughing about it. The uh, the, 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 the the not the Patriots. The national radio okay. broadcast of it was essentially, and it was like ha, 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 Amendola put a real hit on the Kansas City guy. Didn't see that one coming. Ha ha! What a hit. Yeah, and if the dude would have been paralyzed because he broke his neck. No, exactly. But had that happened for a team, not the Patriots, if the Lions did that to, oh, yeah. to a Green Bay Packers yeah. player or a Chiefs player, guess some of that, that? Indom- yes. Oh, oh, if Indomitian Sue doesn't hit like that, Sue, ghost of Indomitian Sue, is still infiltrating the Lions. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Oh, how could he possibly do that to a Patriots player? Oh, it would have been absolute outrage. He would have been suspended. And, and the worst part, you know, they ask Amendola after the game. So, what do you think you hit? Well, if I get fined, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna appeal because that was a clean hit. Clean. Hey, to be fair, the hit was clean. It just was a dirty hit. The hit clean? itself was clean. No, it's not clean because you can't hit somebody with your helmet. No, I mean throat. He, he clean took him off his feet. Oh yeah, son. Sure. There was nothing sloppy about yeah. that hit. It was clean. And there was never, never even any discussion from the NFL about finding him. No. That's, that's ridiculous. You could have suspended him for the AFC Championship game and taught him a lesson. Well, never going to happen. I would have been okay with him not being suspended because it's a big game. And, and, and it was not worthy of a suspension. He doesn't have a reputation, but he should have been fined like ten grand at least or something. You, know? you would think. Yeah. You would think. So that's New England over Kansas City. Uh, game, of the, game of the weekend, right? Arizona versus Green Bay. Oh, goodness. Arizona versus Green Bay. Arizona plays like Carson Palmer looks hesitant. Mm-hmm. He looks like doo-doo. Uh, the Arizona defense played out of their minds for most of this game, with yeah. the exception of a couple of plays we'll get to in a yeah. second. But uh, Green Bay essentially has him down, what, 13-7. Uh, Arizona, all of a sudden, Carson Palmer, beginning of the fourth quarter, end of the third quarter, shakes it off. He's like, hey, you got a real look at winning your first ever playoff game as a 38-year-old quarterback. Maybe get off your butt and beat this inferior team. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, Cardinals score four times on their final five possessions. After uh, Aaron Rodgers, after Carson Palmer threw a couple of bad interceptions, yeah. including that one in the end zone was basically unforgivable. Oh, that was really. Bad. <laughs> that was like ten yards out. Cool, man. You could still kick a field goal and tie it. I believe at ten points at the time. Right. You guys, come on, just just play clean, mistake free football. You're a way better team than Green Bay. You can get over on them. And he just kept making bad mistakes. That was a, he did not. He played tight, very tight. Yeah. Here's a guy who clearly knew what was going on in that game. 
and knew he was playing Aaron Rodgers, who looked loose as all get out. Oh, yeah. So finally, uh, Arizona starts putting the drives together. Uh, Carson Palmer, he had the same lucky type deflection for a touchdown to Malcolm Floyd mm-hmm. that you guys had against Edelman, where it bounced off the receiver's hands, flew up in the air into the waiting arms, and that's when you knew Arizona oh, yeah. had it going on. Yeah. It's like, okay, now we got it. And then Green Bay, oh, well. Green Bay gets the ball back with what? 70 seconds to go. Yeah, and they're at, I think, their own 10 Their own five-yard line, really? fourth and 20, Four with 20, a minute to go. And they let him throw like a 40-some-yard pass. They let Jaron Rodgers take the ball. They rushed five people, so I don't get mad. I can't get mad at my Lions now for rushing three, right? The Lions are off the hook right now, right? Now, right? Sure. For, for giving up Hail Marys to Aaron Rodgers. Because fourth and 20 in his own five, Aaron Rodgers takes the ball, bootlegs out left. As he's getting hit, launches it in the air, finds the open receiver 50 yards, 45 yards or whatever yeah. down the field at midfield. Hits him. Uh, with, the play is still running, though, so they have yeah. to run down the field after this point, run that, a couple of plays. That was a mistake, what they did after that, though, because they, they let, like, 20 seconds run off the clock trying to run another play Correct. And, and didn't just spike it. Right. Well, we didn't even bring up Andy Reid botching the, the clock. I don't think it's important. It was one um, of many mistakes that Kansas City made I, over I, the course of yeah, the game. I didn't really see that the Andy Reid – look, it, it, they did take too long, but I... – they were going to have to kick an onside kick anyway. Right. It didn't really matter. Right. You know what I mean? And what happened was they got they got it was like three minutes left in the game. They got tackled at the one, and then it's they rough. tried to run it in and got tackled. Why don't Why not just kick the field goal there? And you know I don't know. They needed two touchdowns. No. That's why I'm thinking of the other game. Excuse yeah. me. I'm thinking of the Seattle <laughs> game. Uh, we'll get there in a sec. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't even want to make a big deal about it because like they just you know they just didn't capitalize on their mistakes or capitalize yeah. on on their opportunities and you know their team didn't. Yeah. But uh, so Green Bay there in the fourth quarter as I derail everything uh, has the ball midfield. You're like, well, he's already done this once. There's no chance with five seconds to go he's going to launch another winning hail mary. And then he's he's actually backpedaling and is getting hit like falling backwards again. They send like five people. Mm-hmm. He's getting hit uh, really. He's getting pulled down as he throws the yeah. ball. Lands right for a touchdown. It was a, that, was a dart. That was one of the the best passes I've ever it seen. It's one of the best throws I've ever yeah. seen to yeah. a not open receiver. I know two guys on him. Now, what was the second guy doing? The first guy was covering him. The second guy, just like at the Lions game, uh, he was just standing there watching the ball come in. Like there it goes. I could be interfering in some way, but I'm just choosing not to. It was crazy about that game too. Is how you know. Basically, they're after Cobb went out. I think early in the game, he went out early. Yeah, their two their two starting receivers then had like eleven receptions on the whole season. Correct. Again, wait, what Tolson or something like that? Tolkien, J.R. Tolkien's out there catching passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Janis had two. Janis, that's who I'm thinking of. And Janis is the guy that caught the hail mary at the end. Yes, Uh, absolutely. I mean, just he's also the punt returner this year. Yeah. Yeah. And and not anybody who Aaron Aaron Rodgers said before the game, like, I have no confidence in this guy. I'm not going to – he makes too many mistakes for me to throw him the ball. Didn't make any mistakes on that drive. No, it was a great catch, too. I mean, both were great catches. Absolutely unbelievable. Did you think, like I did, I thought Green Bay should have gone for two right there? I, I thought they maybe would. They're I thought the they should have gone for They're two. On the road. You're on the road. You already have the defense on the run, tired. You have momentum. All momentum's on your side right now. You can walk out the door stealing it right there. You got Aaron Rodgers running around who can absolutely run it in on a bootleg or something. To me, you've got him on the ropes. You you, you go for two right there and put it all on the wreck. Instead, Green Bay goes for overtime, kicks the extra point, and then Larry Fitzgerald decides he's going to single-handedly win this football game. Yeah, and that Carson Palmer with the seventy-five yard, everybody, the seventy-five yard pass in overtime that Larry Fitzgerald took to the five. Yeah, everybody's talking about what what L Fitz did. 
What Carson Palmer did to escape like three dudes yeah. to even get to the point where he could throw that ball he got was sacked, a man and then He play. ran into his own lineman, and then yep. it was very similar. Did you see the play in the in the, in the Denver game that Peyton Manning did? I did not. That's the one game I didn't get any. I didn't see it all. Okay, so Peyton Manning, he does the same thing on their on their game winning drive. They're, they've been down pretty much the whole game to Pittsburgh. Peyton Manning drops back to pass, sees he's. He's uh, about to get sacked, so just falls on the ground, and the pass rusher runs by him, and then Peyton Manning's like, oh, I guess I, I'll, oh, no, I guess I didn't I'll see get, that. I guess I'll get back up, uh-huh. and then throws a long pass. Oh, that's why you got to touch him. Yep. That's why you got to touch him. He missed him by less than an inch. Oh, that's ridiculous yeah. right there. Well, and at the end works, uh, Arizona does a shuffle pass to Larry Fitzgerald because he deserves the winning touchdown in that game, 100%, and Carson Palmer deserves to throw one. Um, and Arizona walks off with the victory. I mean, Green Bay played out of their mind. <laughs> Probably the second best game. I mean, if you consider like how t- close it got at the end, was that Carolina and Seattle game? That was though. not a good game. Well, but they're down thirty-one nothing, and they came back thirty-one twenty-four. Let's talk about it briefly because uh, Carolina in six plays was up fourteen to nothing. Yeah, and I just put on Twitter, I go, "GG, everybody, we're yeah. done here." Uh, Seattle's not getting anything done. And then Carolina just keeps pounding them and pounding them, beating them on offense, beating them on defense. Uh, Seattle had a chance to go for a a field goal at the end, and they went for it on fourth down before the end of the second quarter. And I thought to myself, I think that's a mistake. I think that Seattle absolutely should have just taken – you take the three points before halftime, at least have something to build off of going on the board – Pete Carroll opted not to do that, and I think, and I think it did end up costing him a little bit at the end, right there. Uh, they go for a fifty-five yarder at the very, very end. They needed a touchdown either way at the end. Uh, it's true, but I think there was more maneuvering options right there if they kicked the field goal. Um, yeah, just I, me. I, I get it, but it wasn't an easy field goal. No, it was it, well the the one that they passed up on was <laughs> it was like inside the ten. You I, goof! I was How dare you! <laughs> How dare you! Hey, uh, you know what? Minnesota didn't make that field goal. Uh, you know what? No, they did not. Uh, but Carolina, like basically at, at halftime, Carolina's game plan seemed to be just sit on them. We don't, we dare Seattle to score 31 points in the next half. We're going to do nothing on offense. I think they only passed the ball three times in the second half on offense. Yeah. It was all a bunch of just running play, running play. They were getting first downs. They were moving the chains a little bit. And it was just, we think we're going to put enough on the ground. And we think we're going to put enough. If we, Even if we play back a little bit on defense, no big plays. We just don't think Seattle can go up and down the field to score 31 points on us. And they were 100% correct. Yeah, well, to me, that's the, I, the same game plan that almost blew it against the Giants, though, a few weeks before. I think they had some some easy plays that they didn't make that could have put the game away, and they didn't. Correct, and, but uh, too conservative. I don't mind a team going into full on tucky mode when they've got a lead they're protecting in the fourth quarter, but not at halftime. Wow, <laughs> come out and I mean, what you just did, what you were just doing, your game plan up to that point was winning 31 nothing. Why you would do anything from deviating from that game plan, this is the NFL. This isn't like you put in the second and third stringers in college football and they run up another 30 points on an inferior opponent. This is the NFL playoffs. <laughs> everything you did was working. Why would you stop doing anything you were getting? And listen, they still win the game. Yeah, They weren't, did not tire themselves out. They're going to have all the juice in the world to play against Arizona next week. Or this weekend, I should say. However, I did not like that game plan at all. Yeah, I really think going forward, though, I think Carolina's, to me, is kind of the clear favorite to win the Super they Bowl. They have to be. They have to be. And I think Arizona is absolutely can play with Carolina. But if Arizona puts the same effort against Carolina this weekend that they put up against Green Bay last weekend, fourth quarter notwithstanding, they're going to get beat and beat badly. Yeah. They're going to get beat the bleep out. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. And then final game of the weekend, uh, Denver beats Pittsburgh. I mean, I didn't catch any of this game. I had to work during this game. I didn't, I didn't see it. Uh, what did I miss? You said Peyton Manning had some good plays. Well, Pittsburgh. He's obviously back, right? Peyton Manning has shown that he's a superior opponent against a team that barely had Ben Roethlisberger, didn't have Antonio Brown, and didn't have their top two running backs. Yeah, that's, I mean. When Vontez Perfect is uh, uh, telling Denver, hey, you're welcome. Right. Because uh, if Antonio Brown plays, they probably win that game, don't they? I mean, you saw it. I saw it. Um, Peyton didn't look great. What? This year? So you want to give all props to Denver, your new favorite team. No. You're bandwagoning on the Denver bandwagon. It's, it's like there's just no one for me to cheer for in the AFC now. And you know what? I, I, I wasn't one of those people that really hated the Patriots before. Until you played them in the now, playoffs? Yeah, now I, now I totally get it. You get why people hate the <laughs> I Patriots? I totally get it. Now, you went out to a sports bar with a Texans fan. Well, there was a Texans fan there who you gave a big bear hug before. to last week. Yeah, yeah. The week before. Were there any obnoxious Patriots fans at the there place where you watched the game? There was one obnoxious Patriots fan. And it... Look, if your team's winning, that's fine. You can cheer. But he was one of those guys, like, every time the Patriots, and the, they, when they had already clearly won the game, they would make, like, a three-yard run. He'd be like, oh, yeah! Yeah! That's how you play! Oh, my gosh. That's how you play! That's super obnoxious. Yeah. These would be, uh, I used to bartend here in Los Angeles, and uh, uh, Lakers fans, who are so obnoxious, when they were winning their championships yeah. back at the uh, later part of last decade. Obi. Yeah, and so there would just be people that would just sit at my bar watching the game, and I'd be rooting against the Lakers, but I couldn't say nothing because I need the money. And so, yeah. but the people who were just sitting there with Pau Gasol, and I just remember one dude in particular would always come by, and every game would just be like, pow, 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 pow. And I'd be like, okay, dude, you need to just stop because yeah. I want to murder you. I yeah. want to reach over and pow you in the nose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, like uh, he almost... Uh... It was so lame because of course it was lame. Because I finally turned to him and said, "Hey, you know what? You could at least act like you you've been here. Act like you've a been here times. before. Yeah, we, we haven't won a playoff game in like twenty some years, and you're like rubbing it in our face. Well, uh, you hadn't won a playoff game in a week. Well, that's what I'm saying though. But I'm just saying it's like just just be a little classier. Be classier. Yeah, you're a Cause, Patriots cause fan because he also was doing that when they that really lucky play with with went to Edelman, and then he was like, "Yeah, that's how you catch it." <laughs> That's how I was like. That is not the correct response. And, and our and so he so he thinks that he's like oh I all right uh, he thinks he's like okay I, I'm uh, yeah yeah okay and he goes off and then I see him getting in an argument with two girls I was like yeah oh. dude oh really you know that'll help you why don't you come back over here dude yeah you know uh, you you know what women love being berated in public also you know what else was great he was wearing this Patriots shirt that is like I could smell the new smell <laughs> I could smell the new shirt smell it was, it was like brand new well you know what he had the stink of his Seattle Seahawks jersey that he was wearing over the top of it from earlier to be fair the new smell yeah. of that rubbed off on <laughs> have you seen the picture of the guy at the uh, um, uh, Vikings game taking off the Seattle or yeah. taking off the Minnesota jersey to reveal right. the Vikings jersey under yeah or the I'm screwing that. it up but you know what picture I'm talking about it was he was wearing a Seattle and now he's wearing a uh, he was wearing a Vikings jersey and now oh, he's now wearing he's a Seattle jersey jersey underneath yeah. it yeah. good job everybody we made it hey seattle hey uh, seattle seahawks fan hey you passionate fan well, base. I, no, I hey saw... 12th man who was your quarterback before russell wilson just quick question <laughs> Ooh, don't know do you charlie whitehurst maybe <laughs> <laughs> was it hasselbeck probably not well charlie whitehurst was supposed to take that top job 
because uh, that was the year they got him, the same year they got Russell Wilson, and then he got just got beat out in training camp. Well, Russell Wilson is... Uh, so who was the quarterback before that? The uh, best quarterback in the history of the Seattle Seahawks. And if you ask most Seahawks fans, the only quarterback in the history of the Seattle right. Seahawks. They might remember Matt Hasselbeck. They would not. They'd be like, they see Matt Hasselbeck playing for Indianapolis, they go, man, that old guy's good. I wish he played for us. How about Jim Zorn? Jim Zorn, former quarterbacks coach of the Detroit Lions under Scott Mitchell? How about Dave Craig? How about Dave Craig? My gracious. I can't think of a single one, so you win. Yeah? You win the Seattle Seahawks quarterback deal, and that's the story. So uh, preparing for the, this weekend's games, I called Shock 1-2-1-2. You were pretty close by me. I think there maybe was one game you picked different. Who do you got this weekend? Denver hosts New England, and Carolina hosts Arizona. Uh, New England being a three-point favorite on the road. Carolina being a three-point favorite at home. Who you got? Sounds right to me. I take both those favorites. I think I take both those favorites as yeah. well. But I honestly give Denver virtually no chance in this game. Virtually no chance. I think New England beats them and beats them badly. The only reason they have a chance, maybe, is New England has no running game right now. They have Steven Jackson. They do, but I still think that might be enough. I really, Denver's defense is very good. What are they going to do against that Patriots defense? A very opportunistic defense that just, this is Peyton Manning in the great, cold. They're not a great defense. They're okay. I mean, good enough. Yeah. Good enough. Uh, and then Carolina and Arizona, I think those are the two better teams. I think Carolina and Arizona both would beat either New England or Denver uh, in the Super Bowl. I think Arizona. I most of the season, you said Arizona was the best team. I did, league. and I and I, I said Arizona versus New England was my Super Bowl pick at the halfway point of the season. So when they need you the most, you're you're diving off their bandwagon. You know what? For the sake of this podcast, I pick Arizona. That's right. I'm going to stay with my prediction. Why wouldn't I? Arizona versus I hate I hate when sportscasters do that and they're like, yeah. "Well, I picked this at the start of the season, so I got to pick the Dallas Cowboys to win the Super Bowl." No, you don't. No, I you had, don't. Steven I had Seattle. New, I had Seattle New England at the beginning of the year. So there you go. And uh, so New England, uh, you know, I think Carolina, this is a coin flip to me. I think Carolina is like maybe a 55-45 favorite. I think Arizona, if they can keep the swagger of the fourth quarter, once they got their feet underneath them and they, they, they were playing to win, they can 100% beat Carolina. Will they? That's um, why you play the game. I mean, I think their pass rush is good enough to get to Carson Palmer. Uh, I think that, uh, I think that uh, Carolina has a better running game. Correct. I think that... Um, Carolina, if there's they have a weakness, it's it's their their D backs because they've had some injuries injuries there. Uh, what I would say is, it's, I think it's like Kansas City versus Actually, New both England. Of them, yeah. I, I think fairly. I, I honestly think you and New England match it up very fairly evenly mm-hmm. to each other. It's all about who just takes advantage of the opportunities that right. they're presented. One team is going to take advantage of them and score touchdowns. The other team is going to score field goals. Yeah. The end. Like so, yeah. and I think it's going to be a close game. I see this in the realm of like twenty seven, twenty four. 27-26, that kind of a game. That's what it feels like to me. To me, it feels like Carolina by a couple touchdowns. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, so I got New Arizona, England. New England, and you have Carolina, New England. Yeah. And uh, you might be right. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's a coin flip, so we'll see what happens. In any case, we're going to come back and talk about a potpourri of topics after three seconds of... The Legend of Zelda. We've got a little variety of topics here, right? That each one, you know, could it's a, I don't really think that each one has its own segment, but they're worth mentioning on the show. So we're going to talk about them. You ready for that, Brent? Yeah. So first off, the Buffalo Bills hire Catherine Smith, the first female full-time coach in NFL history. It's groundbreaking. Uh, it, it could be more. Well, but maybe it will be more. I mean, you, I, I wouldn't expect her to start like off in a full coordinator position. Or I something. want her to be a head coach overnight. Nice. No, probably not. A, probably not a good expectation on my part. No. Uh, she is the special teams quality control coach. 
So she's, according to this, I'm reading here, the assistant to the assistant to the special teams coach. So this is a low figure on the totem pole. She's not out there calling plays, you know, holding up the uh, the uh, the diner menu, if you will. Right. But uh, it's still a big deal. Uh, this is obviously football has been a male-dominated sport, a male-dominated society for a very long time. But just in the last year or whatever, we now have our first full-time female ref as well as our first female full-time yeah. coach. How long till we get a kicker, Brent? How long until necessary roughness with Kathy Ireland and Scott Bakula becomes reality? A female kicker? I don't know. I mean, I think we're a long ways away from having a female player. Okay. Um, it's going to happen someday, though, right? I don't know. I mean, look, I would love for that to happen. Uh, I have nothing against that. I would love for that to happen. Football's just such a a brutal physical sport. It's a testosterone-fueled sport. Well, and also that just the the male legs, I think, kick further. I'm not sure. Maybe the, maybe a lady could kick a 50-yard field goal. I don't know. I'm sure somebody out there can do if it. If a lady could kick a 50-yard field goal, then she could be in the league. Absolutely. I mean, you don't have to, like, hit nobody if you're a kicker. Yeah. In theory. You might be required to bring somebody down, but all you got to be is a speed bump. Yeah. You can't tell me that lady kicker isn't going to be just as good yeah, as there are plenty of kickers any that other just kicker. Try to slow the guy down. Yeah. Or they just intentionally miss and make a business decision to get out of the way. No. Uh, wave. Oh, I didn't get him. Oh. Yeah. But uh, that's aside from the point. Catherine Smith, congratulations on uh, you know becoming a full-time head coach. Mm-hmm. It's exciting stuff. When she's the head coach of your Kansas City Chiefs, I will be fired up. Uh, next up on the docket. Detroit Tigers. Hot Stove League, Brent, signed Justin Upton to a six-year, impossibly million-dollar deal. I, I think that's a bad idea because, I, for what I heard, uh, I don't, I didn't see if he ended up uh, agreeing to the deal, but the Nationals offered Cespedes, like, less than what Upton got. Yeah, but do you want Upton or do you want Cespedes? They're kind you of... Already know, you already know uh, Cespedes. He, are, he already likes playing there. He already knows the field. We do, He played pretty good for you guys. He did. We liked him a lot. I would still like to bring him back. I'd like to bring in Upton and Cespedes and just make it happen. Yeah. But uh, I'm not... A, listen, we needed to sign somebody. Yeah. And if Cespedes is going to D around and pretend like he's going to get $150 million, yeah. which nobody was offering... You know what, Brent? I'm going to hold out until I get $150 million, and I'll wait until some. Oh, wait. I'll be waiting till the end of time. It's not coming. Yeah, I I think that's a lot of money for Justin Upton. He's a talented guy, but he's one of those guys that I feel like he's never filled his potential yet. He has it, but he's just entering his prime right now, right? Is he 27, 28 years sure. old right now? That's fair. I mean, he, here's a guy that, and you put the right people. If you put, like, Victor Martinez, Miguel Cabrera, all these other, like, uh, really talented hitters around him, you're telling me he's not going to have his game raised you know, but you know, all all boats in a rising tide kind of a situation, right? Uh, uh, he seems like a perfect response to Cespedes. The only thing that makes me uh, worried is the Tigers are not exactly known for playing good small ball. Mm-hmm. We just don't do it. Brett Osmus is not a great manager, and Justin Upton is going to strike out like 162 times this year. Right? He strikes out maybe not as as bad as some of the worst <laughs> offenders in baseball, but he strikes out a heck of a lot. And with a team like ours that needs that kind of like make it going kind of an offense. Mm-hmm. Sitting around and waiting for one of his 25 home runs is not going to generate as much offense as you would like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe it is a lot of money to give to him, but you know what, Brent? I'll eat more Little Caesars pizza. I mean, he's six years, 132. Or Cespedes right now is getting offered five, 100 over five, mm-hmm. which is less. I don't know. Uh, to me, then, get both. Why not? Fill up. Well, your guys aren't your your new GM's not all into spending every dollar that he has like your old GM was. Uh, that is correct. That's why he's the new GM and not the old GM. Yeah. 
we're not signing those contracts anymore. But I'm excited about Justin Upton. Uh, he's always sure. been. I've always liked him. I think I've had him in fantasy excited. a he's couple a of years. Guy. He's a he's an exciting player. It's a good player. Yeah. And then uh, Brent, you got to talk a little bit about. Uh, you were very happy about this. You made me watch the clip as we came in. Mm-hmm. Nebraska Cornhusker basketball. They're back, everybody. We thought they were dead this we thought year. They were dead. They were zero three. They're not. And they looked horrible. They looked and now they really bad. They've won four in a row in the Big Ten, including including the- a dying Michigan State team. Yeah. They lost three in a row. They're now ranked below Nebraska, despite somehow, the fact they were the number one team in the country a few weeks ago. Somehow Nebraska <laughs> hasn't lost to Michigan State in three seasons. How? How is this possible? <laughs> it's not like Nebraska's been great the last three seasons. No. They showed a stat where I think last three seasons, Nebraska's 2-25 and 25 versus top 25 teams. And what are those two wins? <laughs> Michigan State. On both, both occasions. Both of them. Yeah. Absolutely outrageous. But I know I, I'm excited for your boys. I think it's more well, fun if Nebraska isn't worthless. They have a lot of freshmen that are playing right now, and they're starting to find their way. And Tim Miles is a solid coach. He's, you know, I, I don't know if they have enough to. I mean, what do you think gets into the NCAA tournament? Do you have to have 20 wins? I think that Michigan State win is going to help a lot, unless Michigan State keeps losing. Yeah. Do you need 20 wins? No, but I if you're say, Nebraska, yes. I would say something like 19 and 12 could still get you in the tournament, though, from the Big Ten. You got to be in the top. If you're in the top six in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. you're pretty much guaranteed entry. Yeah. Seven, eight, now we're bubble material. But we used to get like seven or eight, but, you know, I'm saying solid bubble, maybe 19 and 12. Yeah, I don't know. If you get 20 wins, it, there's something about that 20 win yeah. barrier that if you can cross it, I and, like your chance. And you're in the Big Ten. And, or if, it's going to help. And, or if you have a, a winning record in the Big Ten. Usually you're going to get in. And they also look at big wins. If yeah. Michigan State gets their poop together and doesn't keep, like, if the ship doesn't sink, uh, that's going to look like a big win for you guys. You know what? You know it could be a big win for Nebraska this weekend, and I'm not calling a win because we never beat <laughs> oh, you guys. Oh, you shouldn't be calling yeah, a win. No, no, I'm not at all. Michigan visits. Michigan at Nebraska. That'd be that's a good, right. That, that, might, that should be a good game. Uh, you know what? I'm going to make an effort to watch it. You know, Michigan State was favored by 14 over Nebraska. Yee. Yeah. And somebody out there is holding a Michigan State ticket in Vegas going, what the F happened? Yeah. Uh, to be fair, all, all that entire game that was going on uh, on my feed on Facebook was a whole bunch of Sparty fans yeah. who were at the game, friends of the show. Uh, David Knoll's wife and uh, kid were at the game cheering for Michigan State yeah. to watch Brent's Nebraska Cornhuskers mm-hmm. come up strong. Did you, uh, did you talk to Dino after the game? Well, he's not a Michigan State fan. I know, but just to... Uh, I haven't talked to him in, yeah. about that in general. No, okay. no, no. Uh, this, curious. Well, I, I wouldn't rub it in. Because, again, it's like rubbing, making fun of our producer, no, Dino, I about his, Michigan State I didn't State know if his wife nothing. was like a huge Michigan She's State She's a huge fan. Michigan State Yeah, State. so I wonder if she was all... Annoyed. She was very yeah. upset about it. She, they've lost three in a row. They're ranked below Nebraska in the, in the, in Big, the Big Ten. Ten. That's not good. That's no. not how you get happy as a, as a college basketball yeah. fan. So, But congratulations to you guys. I'm sorry it all comes crashing down this weekend. <laughs> and uh, we're going to come right back. We're going to do Video Games of the Year 2015 after three seconds of Final Fantasy. So in an effort to embrace nerd culture a little bit better, uh, we're gonna we are gonna we're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about the X Files. We decided this, by the way, everybody. Yeah. We're gonna do the X Files. Now I'm, I've never watched X Files. You watch really? X Files? Yeah, I've watched a handful of episodes. I wouldn't say I'm a fan. I had a se. dog named Scully. Oh geez. So yes, you're a big X Files yes. fan. This will be good then to get my fresh perspective with your knowledgeable perspective. Yeah, I, I, I that'll I be hope, good then. I, I, you know, it's I don't think it's that difficult. 
you put out like some kind of uh, you know supernatural thing, and they try to solve it, and the, turns out to be it. Old Man Witherspoon. It, sometimes, the, sometimes it's not. <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah. I can't wait. Six episode miniseries. I assume if it goes well, it's going to get a, a pickup, and uh, we're going to be watching it. We're going to so next week we're going to start talking about X Files. But for this week, uh, twenty fifteen year of video games. So if you're a video game fan, an Xbox fan in particular, because that's the platform we both play on. I do a tiny amount with PC. And that's basically it, uh, besides Xbox. So we have our top games. All of these can be found on the Xbox One. Uh, so I don't, we didn't have a lot of crossover when we were talking about it right here. Yeah. So we don't have a particular order. We didn't like mix our match and, and create a top ten or anything like that. We each picked five games that we enjoyed in no particular order. And these are just like if you missed it, uh, you have an Xbox, you might want to go check them out. We're going to talk a little about why we like them. And uh, we didn't have a ton let's of crossover. Let's do like five of them, and we'll we'll pick one of them as our favorite game of the year. Maybe. You know what? Okay, fair yeah. enough. Uh, let's just go ahead and start with the one everybody knows is coming. Fallout 4. <laughs> I oh, assume yeah. it's on your yeah, list yeah. as well. Yeah. That was the one I, I, I assume that we'd have a lot of crossover over. Mm-hmm. Fallout 4, uh, man, it didn't win Game of the Year. It was nominated for it. That went to a game called The Witcher 3, which I don't think either of us played. No. So that will not be on either of our lists this year. This is purely based on not what we've heard, but what we've actually played. Right. Uh, so Fallout 4, it's a, it's a masterpiece. Now, perhaps it did get a little bit overhyped. Perhaps it got a lot overhyped. Uh, Todd Howard, not the game's fault, not the game's fault, but Todd Howard, the producer of the game, the guy behind the entire fallout series behind the elder scroll series. He did say that there was going to be over 400 hours of content. He said, I could play for 400 hours and still find new things. Yeah. I think that was a little bit of an overstatement. I hit about 200 hours in the game personally, Mm -hmm. and I've hit the wall. Finally, (laughs) I don't have all the achievements, but I've got most of them and I'm going to keep playing, especially when the DLC comes out and whatnot. Um, but I absolutely loved it. it. There's so much going on in this game. I think people are being weird online. It's like this weird hipster culture that we have right now. Mm-hmm. We can't have something that just is great and just say, that's great. We all like that. High five. Laugh. Ha ha. No, you have to find a way, find yeah. things to... You got to find ways to bring it down. They did this with the Avengers Age of Ultron movie, which I thought was just fine. They're trying to do it with the Star Wars Force Awakens movie and why I shouldn't like it. And I liked it okay. Mm -hmm. We talked about that on the air. Uh, They're doing the same thing with Fallout 4. Like, oh, it's not a real RPG. Oh, there's not as as much stuff to do as I thought there'd be. Oh, the quests are too linear. What are any of you talking about? And then if it was just a straight RPG, they'd be like, well, it's just a straight RPG. Oh, no, it's it's a shooter with RPG elements. That also can be great. Yeah. And it can be Fallout. Who cares? Yeah. If it's you, good, it's good. You play Fallout in your own way. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yes, you don't have quite the level of speech options and RPG options that Fallout New Vegas had. Does that chat me slightly? Maybe a little bit. Did I get over it because Fallout 4 is great? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and once this, there's no variety in missions and they're too linear. What yeah. are any of these people talking about? There are a whole bunch of repeatable missions that say, go here and kill stuff. Oh, yeah. But that's not what the main other quests are all about. You got this dumb uh, ghoul boy in a fridge. Oh, there's so you many. You got the submarine. There's so many little you, Easter eggs and little tiny missions. Dear and, Lord, there's and a ton of them. you could play that game 15 different times and have a completely different experience. Totally different experience, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so what were your thoughts on Fallout 4? Why did you love it? I loved it because, it you know, I... I, you know what I really actually like about these games is I like going into, like, a city I don't... I've never been to or I haven't explored that much and, like... Exploring the city and saying, oh, okay, now it'd be fun to actually go to Boston. Right. I'd like to go back to Boston now so I could visit the Old North Church mm-hmm. and Bunker Hill and all these other, the USS Constitution. And, I, and, and thinking like, well, I know there's going to be some kind of mission in the Old North Church, some kind of almost like a Paul Revere thing, right? Gotta be. Or there's going to be something at MIT. Or there's yep. going to be something, you know, wherever. Hyde Park. Um, can I just say right now, after playing Fallout New Vegas, I was excited to go to McCarran Airport. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yes. 
Uh, absolutely, and and they and they work all that real world. And stuff the story in there. is always great. Yeah. And the stories, I don't think the main story, the main storyline maybe at first wasn't as compelling because it was mm-hmm. just kind of a retelling of Fallout 3, but then it takes a drastically different oh, yeah, approach. Yeah, yeah. And you get more of a Fallout New Vegas kind of feel to it and there are many different factions. Some will coexist with each other and some will not. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the, the only criticism, I and you and I talked about this, is I wish there were more of those kind of uh, just like one-off gangs that, that yeah. you could just like make mad and every, anytime you see them throughout the game, they I didn't see any like... Because they, they, what I liked about you know Fallout Three and Fallout New Vegas, there were these interesting gangs. Who are like, why are they? Who are the powder uh, powder the, gangers? The powder, <laughs> powder gangers. How about the guys in Fallout the Three? The boomers. The boomers. Then Fallout Three had the team that was they. They all wore hockey gear and they yeah, were yeah. like a hockey team. Uh, and they, uh, you had the kings that were all dressed like Elvis. The kings. I didn't really see much of that in this game. Not as much as you would like. Yeah. Uh, not not as many. That's groups. part of the fun of the Fallout games. Is like. With the weird factions that come about because of the apocalypse of the world, right? Yeah, I, I mean, there was a ton of thought put into Fallout 4. I'm not mm-hmm. going to try to disrespect any of it. It felt like maybe there was a little bit more original thinking going on with mm-hmm. New Vegas and d- different ways to spin it. Right. Uh, a little bit of Fallout 4 was just the obvious take every time. Mm-hmm. And not as many just like weird spins, like the Kings, yeah. who come across the Elvis Presley School of Impersonation mm-hmm. and then decide to he must be a god of some kind that they right. worshipped, so we're going to dress like him and right. act like him, even though we don't know who he is. Yeah. Uh, pretty neat stuff. So Fallout Fallout 4, uh, uh, great game. Yeah. If you haven't played Fallout 4, just do it, for God's sakes. Uh, why don't you go ahead and go next? What's the next game uh, on your Okay, list? well, the only other game that I would say is like a big mainstream game that I really loved last year was, you know, Arkham Knight. Okay, I have that on my list as well. Yeah. Yeah, Arkham Knight, uh, wonderful. Tell me, lead off, why do, you, why do you love Arkham Knight? Well, w- one thing is we finally get to have the, Batman, the Batmobile as like a weapon, you know, right. not just uh, kind of driving around. I mean, you could do major damage in this, and you can go like... There were in a lot of the other games you couldn't go a lot of places with the Batmobile. It was very limited. This thing you can go pretty much everywhere. You basically climb walls. Um, <laughs> you could almost fly. And the story again, great story. Great story. Uh, I have Batman Arkham Knight as well. I love the bit with the Joker being inside his mind. Spoiler alert, because Joker's dead. It happens like right away. Yeah, yeah Joker's so, dead. Yeah, you, I mean, it's a sequel to another game, so. Yeah, it's the third one. Uh, yeah, I love the fact that the Joker was there to mess with him the whole time. You just go places and the Joker would just mm-hmm. be there. Because you'd like forget about him because you haven't seen him for a yeah. while. So then you go to a rooftop and he's standing over there and he has something to say to you. Right, there's a couple times in the game you're like, oh, okay, I'm just like going to carry this canister. Oh! Yeah. What are yeah. you doing there? I, I enjoyed some of the, the more obscure characters, the Firefly, the Man Bat. Oh, yeah. uh, a yeah. bunch of these guys we haven't necessarily seen before. I love before. the Man Bat thing. That's like classic Batman stuff there, you know? Yeah. Classic old super, superhero thing. And it was scary. The mm-hmm. first time I saw Man Bat, I pooped my yeah. bat suit. Yeah, I fell off the couch. Because you go to grapple over a building after another like storyline event, and it's well, like it's the obvious those... place to go to. They know you're going to go, so as soon as you get to the edge of the cliff, yeah, you, you pop over the top of a building, and then this thing just like comes at you. I'm yeah. getting freaked out now just remembering. Yeah, <laughs> it was such a moment uh, out of absolutely nowhere. And the variety of missions was great. There was the bit with the serial killer, uh, mm-hmm. with the people that he was messing with, and the, and creating zombies out of and stuff. Yeah. Just neat stuff, scary stuff, mm-hmm. and then the, uh, yes, the Arkham Knight storyline. Once you kind of like you, you can figure out who the Arkham Knight is pretty early on, and then it doesn't deviate from that plan at all. That doesn't make it a bad story; it just makes it an obvious story. Yeah. Sometimes a, ter- a twist for the just for the sake of a twist is why half of M Night Shyamalan's movies are not that good. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the obvious story is the best story to tell, especially when it comes to video games. Yeah, but it was a good story. Uh, Batmobile was fun. Uh, you know, I found it got a little tedious times, after a little bit. Yeah, at times there's like. How many times am I going to have to use this winch? Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I get you. 
I totally uh, get you. Some about. of the missions, you know, some of the ones were like the Batmobile missions were a little like I, at first it was super cool, then I thought it got a little tedious. Yeah, it did get a little tedious sometimes. Uh, I still got you know basically every collectible in the game. You know, sure. Uh, I, you you got you you did more with the achievements than yeah. I did in that game. Yeah, uh, which is great. I Such you know is life. It's life in general. There you go. <laughs> uh, I you know again, if you haven't played Batman Arkham Knight, listen, it's a great game. It's a it's a very appropriate follow up to Batman Arkham City mm-hmm. and Arkham Asylum, which were both magical games to me as well. Right. Even Arkham Origins had a lot to like about it. So mm-hmm. you know, go for it. Batman Arkham Knight got to do it. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off the reservation. I'm going to pick one of my one of my favorite games of last year that I think most people didn't appreciate, mainly because it was a reboot. It, it, it came out a couple of years ago, but then it got redone, uh, Ultimate Edition for uh, Xbox One, and that would be State of Decay. I don't think you played State of I Decay at all. State of Decay is an Xbox uh, Live game uh, where you, it's essentially it's a zombie survival simulator. So it's not an action game like Dead Rising 3 was. Uh, it's not the kind of post-apocalyptic game like uh, Fallout 4 is. No, it's just about like, it's more realistic. Like you go to houses and you have to loot areas and loot things, put them in your rucksack. You can find like different things that you need. It's about establishing a base and being able to defend it from the zombie hordes. There's all kinds of like Left 4 Dead style, like different types of zombies that appear throughout. You do missions trying to help people. And, uh, it, and every time your character dies in the game, it's permadeath. Mm-hmm. So if the main character of the game, the guy you do the tutorial with, the guy you're learning the, the storyline through, absolutely can die and is not a factor in the story anymore, Okay, <laughs> which is a little bit crazy to me, and it gets a little off-putting the first time it happens. I only lost one character from the game, and it was my own fault, because you essentially you have a life meter and you have a stamina meter, and uh, the longer you stay out on, a mi- on a, like collecting stuff mm-hmm. and on missions and stuff, the more it depletes, so you have a lower max, and so the ability to get caught up in a house and get killed... Absolutely can happen if you all of a sudden catch yourself biting off more than you can chew. You accidentally knock something over while you're scavenging a house. The wrong monster shows up. Like, I really enjoyed this game. I put lots and lots of hours into it. And I, and I definitely suggest if you missed State of Decay and you never played it for the 360, you haven't checked it out yet, go play State of Decay. It's a pretty fantastic game. All right. I'm going to go with the indie game next, uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. Ah, oh, see, I bought this and I haven't yeah. played it yet. That's probably the only reason why it's not on my list. It's, uh, you know, it's basically like a side-scroller uh, puzzle game. Yes, you play a little, you know a little creature that gets lost, and it's. It, I've heard it's the kind of game that can suck you in even without any dialogue whatsoever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's one of those games where you know you can you, you'll get to an area is like oh I can get to all these parts of this area that I can see and I can't get to this one part, and then so you'll have to find the skill that you need later on. You know a lot of games are like that, but this you one do the backtracking, like, yeah, backtracking. Yeah. But it's a very charming game. It's very challenging. I've heard it's very uh, difficult. Yeah, it's but it's, you beat it. So how difficult could it really be? Uh, yeah, I have every achievement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, there you go. Um, but I, f- I find that very very fun. I don't want to go too much detail. It's but it's a fun game. It's a great it's, game. It's a Everybody game. loves it. Yeah, it was one of those that was like uh, talked about for game of the year from mm-hmm. a lot of people. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones Telltale game is on my list right I here. I like that game a lot, and I haven't finished the last chapter yet. So oh, you haven't finished the last. Chapter. I would have said it was one of my top games last year. Maybe not my top five, but yeah. Yeah, I would put it there. Uh, this and Tales from the Borderlands is the other one that both Telltale I had fun games. Fun with that too. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. But something about Game of Thrones just hit me right. Like. It takes a while to get going. The first episode of this of Game of Thrones Telltale, I'm sort of like, ah, I don't know if I'm sold yet. And then about halfway through episode two, the thing just starts clicking and it starts jamming and the characters are very, very clear and what's going on is very open. And I feel like you can have two very, very different experiences, unlike some of the other Telltale games where it might just be cosmetic. Here I feel like I did not like 
the results that I got at the end of episode six, mm-hmm. and I 100% feel it's because I was too noble and wasn't willing to throw throw other people under the bus, which would make me a liability in the Game of Thrones universe. So good job, Game of Thrones, for punishing me for being a good mm-hmm. person. Nice. Uh, absolutely, I absolutely loved it. The choices were hard to make, uh, interesting, and and I and I'm excited for season two. Cool. Um, what I you enjoyed got? that game too. Uh, I, uh, another game. I don't think a lot of people played this game, but it's called The Swapper. It's yeah. another one of those like puzzle side scroller games. Okay, I've not played that. Uh, you basically play a person. You're stranded on like a, a damaged space station. Okay, right? and already you're trying in. to escape. Uh, in order to do that, you have to like kind of explore the station and find these orbs that you use to to uh, to o- open doors. You need to get orbs, and then it'll open the doors. Uh, but crazy thing is, you have to use uh, this ray gun that you have that will allow you to clone yourself. Because <laughs> a lot of times you have to somehow be on like three triggers at the same time. Right. And sometimes so it's, you, it's like a puzzle platformer. Yeah, it's a puzzle platformer. Uh very fun, great story, good payoff at the end. Um I, I recommend it highly. It was Love fun. It. Yeah. Okay. I got one more mainstream here for my uh, fifth game to mention. Metal Gear Solid five. I'm actually playing it right now. Uh absolutely just it's Hideo um Kojima. Hideo Nomo. Hideo Nomo, the former nice. pitcher for the Dodgers. No. Uh, Hideo Kojima, uh, it, it's brilliant. It, if you like the Metal Gear Solid games, it's a stealth game with a lot of action in it. You do base building. Uh, I know a guy who just calls the game Stealth Kidnap the Game. Because <laughs> you sneak up behind people, knock them unconscious, and attach a balloon to them, and they fly away, and you brainwash them, and they join yeah. you. Uh, the storyline is immensely convoluted. I had a really weird moment with Metal Gear 5, actually, uh, a couple days ago, where I played Mission 30 and 31, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, uh, everything gets wrapped up. I defeat the enemy. Uh, I defeat the the human enemy. I defeat the robot enemy. I I, I end the problem of the the overall uh, overarching like issue that's gonna wreck humanity. I've beaten that. Uh, everybody goes back to their base. There's a moment where they're all sort of high fiving each other as the sun is setting behind them. Closing credit. Cl- <laughs> closing credits run on the game. And I'm like, I guess I'm done. I beat Metal Gear. Good job, me. I put down my controller. I'm like, all right. And then at, at the end of the closing credits, it goes, coming up on Chapter 2. I'm like, Chapter 2? Nah. <laughs> what, what are you talking about, Metal Gear Solid 5? There's more to the game. <laughs> I've never seen a game where you run the closing credits, and sometimes it's like it lets you go back and like catch up on stuff and do missions you missed and mm. all that. No, here the plot just continues forth after everything is wrapped up and tied together. And it's not like it's a new game that's coming out. It's on the same disc as the yeah. game I'm playing. Metal Gear games get weird. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, uh, I, 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 It's been one of my most enjoyable experiences of 2015, though. Then it came out last year, so I will definitely put it on my list right yeah. there. Uh, cool. What's your fifth game? Uh, this, this was my favorite game of last year. Uh, your favorite game of last year? This is your number year. one. This is my number one game of last year. Uh, it's basically like a horror puzzle game and i hipped you to this game you did i did yeah uh called white knight yeah i thought that's where you're going with it oh white knight uh was it was it's like it's really it's, it's really moody. really creepy dude. yeah it's really creepy it's it's it's, Lay out what the game is for the people at home well you're first of all you're in a black and white world so it's like it's almost like a film noir as a cartoon correct in black and white and you are in a car crash and you're by a by a mansion that's very dark and it's right next to there's a graveyard right next to the mansion. Spooky. And you know, hilarity ensues. <laughs> hilarity ensues. And there's uh, ghosts. And... Uh, first of all, yeah, you're gonna need some matches and light because if you don't have light, uh, there's just like creepy. I, look, I had to start playing this game during the day because I, I, <laughs> you were it, getting that unnerved. It would and just, it's a cartoonish it, game. It would just give me uh, the 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 things that would attack you were just it would re- literally give me the chills. Oh wow. 
I have not finished the game. Yeah. I've gotten a little ways into it yet. Uh, you went through and plowed through as I was kind of ch- chugging along a little bit. I, I moved on to other stuff, but you were going for I it. I stopped for a while, and then I got back into it, and I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I really thought, like, the the ultimate story that you end up telling is just... It blew, fantastic? Me, it blew me away. Really? Okay, yeah. I'll have to go back and give yeah. that one another look, because uh, it looks fantastic. I, I was, I kind of wasn't what I was expecting, which is probably what blew me away, and it was That's just, great. like, super creepy, and, like, so many different little areas in that house awesome. that you have to go to, and and it's just, it's, 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 cre- it's like Blair Witch. I like it creepy you know that's pretty cool and then you said that's your game of the year 2015 yeah that was my From favorite game it looked, um, it looked great too right did it not look it, awesome it looks great it's very it's very the the chic of it is very awesome right. like it, it's cartoony but uh, they do a lot with black and white because those are the only two colors mm-hmm. and they really play with light like sometimes light is white sometimes light is black yeah it, it's crazy um i'm gonna say fallout 4 i just mm-hmm. it's hard for me not to go with fallout i 4. love fallout 4 too and that'd be it's, kind it's, of the obvious choice it's, for me, it's I think. too obvious yeah i'll go fallout 4 for my game of the year uh and again i never played witcher 3 maybe i should go back and play it people i didn't like witcher 2 but people tell me that witcher 3 you could pick it up and it's yeah. awesome and i would love it any uh honorable mentions last year anyone else you kind of thought about um, those were the big ones for my list. Did right Far Cry there. Four come out last year? Or was that 2014? That was the year before. Okay. Yeah. Because I played that last year and I really enjoyed it, but that was yeah. from the year before. No, there were other games that I played and whatnot. They just didn't come out last year. Right. You know, I I played Gone Home, which mm-hmm. actually came out this year. Yeah. Uh, and I really enjoyed that experience. I don't know if I love it for like as a twenty dollar experience because right. it was about hour and a half okay. of gameplay. Uh, maybe two hours of gameplay, and it's not really a game. Yeah. It's just walking around a house looking at stuff. I also really like I, I that. I definitely liked it, though. I like that Thomas Was Alone uh, game. Thomas Was Alone, okay. That also came out kind of 2014. Yes, it did. Weird. It's hard to describe, but you're basically geometric shapes trying to escape. Yeah. I, you know, I might give an honorable mention. Uh, Toy Soldiers. I played Toy Soldiers last year, which I got to play as Cobra from the G.I. Joe universe. Yeah. And it's basically, it's basically tower defense, but you're defending your toy box from other toys. Mm. And I got to play with all the real like G.I. Joe toys and Cobra toys. And that's just fun for me on a very, very visceral level. Yeah, that's 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 cool. I can dig it. Uh, anyway, let's come on back. We'll wrap up the show after three seconds of Pac-Man. I got a pocket full of quarters and I'm headed to the arcade. And that's the show, everybody. What? We put it together, Brent. We did it. What? Well, you should know. You've done enough of these before. I you, know. That's how the show works. Now we, we wrap it up. Keep, keep things fresh. Do you feel fresh? No. Yeah, me neither. Probably should take a shower. Probably. In any case, uh, there's many ways to contact the show, and you should absolutely contact us. We're on Twitter at Ray Brent Podcast, or you can hit me up individually. I'm at Almighty Ray. I'm at Scoops Pope. Or you can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ray Brent Podcast, or, or you can email the show, Ray Brent Podcast at gmail.com. That is totally a thing you can do, Brent. It is, and you should do it. You should do it. You could and should do it. Go on iTunes, give us a five-star review, all that good stuff that everybody begs for at the end of every episode. Please like me. Please like me on the face box. Mm -hmm. It's almost pathetic. Yeah. We have people we want to thank this week. We have to thank Jeremy Buck and the Bang. Got to thank Jeremy Buck and the Bang. You want to thank the train wrecks? Got to thank the train wrecks. How about Jordan Monsell, the artist? Monsell me some art. You can go to jordanmonsell.com or Silhouettes by Jordan on Facebook. He made our logo. He's a good dud. Got to set it up. He's a good guy, even though he's a Patriots fan. Don't worry about that. Uh, we have to thank David Dollar, our trumpet producer. Do you know? Why do you even still call him Dino? You understand that nobody... I do. I call him Dino. And I'm not Only the, in that one moment, in that one segment of this podcast, you, you know call what? him Dino. In no other circumstances, you, seen, you call you him Dino. Se- have you ever seen uh, American Graffiti? 
Uh, not in a very long time. Yeah, because you know, I would say the same thing to you that uh, Harrison Ford says. He says, "Hey, I'm looking for a guy in a piss piss yellow deuce coupe," and they're like, "Oh, that's John Milner. Nobody could beat him." And John Milner says, "Well, I ain't no well, John Milner. Uh, Harrison Bob Ford, Falfa is his name. Well, I ain't nobody, dork. That's what I say to you." Yeah, somehow I just I'm not even insulted. I'm just bewildered. No, you say nobody calls him Dino, and I say, "Well, I ain't nobody, dork." Oh, yeah. no, nah, I'm still bewildered. Yeah, yeah it didn't it's make pretty sense. pretty good. Sick burn. Okay, great. Uh, anybody else you want to thank, Brent? <laughs> um, Matt Stafford. Why? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you don't even have a reason this week, do you? I don't just, even have a reason. For the sake of the bit, he's, you're just going to put it out the there. He's the best. He yeah. is the best. Yeah. Around! He's the best at eating. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's all staying in. <laughs> good so, night, everybody. Whatever. Leave it in. See if I care. See if I care. Leave it in! Dork. Uh, goodbye, everybody. See ya. You're gonna have to drag me. In.